to a new RFM 103.7. Time to talk a little travel. We normally do that with Sally Lucas, but Sally's actually on location today, stepping into her shoes, Barry Warwick. Barry, I know you've got the tough job today while Sally's away luxuriating. Good afternoon. That's right. Uh, Mark, today I thought I'd get a guest on, um, Ben Goshnick from G Adventures. He's lived, well, he spent a bit of time in um, travelling South America a couple of months, and uh, I think he's got some enlightening things to tell us. All right, we'll have a look at South America, and let's be honest, to guess that harvens the load, right? It does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Talking Travel, Barry Warwick of the Sea this afternoon on 2 and RFM. Talking Travel, and of course, Barry Warwick filling in for Sally Lucas this week. And Barry, you have your very special guest for us this afternoon. That's right. It's um, Ben from G Adventures, and he's toured South America for a couple of months, and um, it's one of his favourite places. Ben, good afternoon, and it looks like you're our South American expert for today. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, Ben, why why would people travel to South America? Look, I, I love South America, and I see so much potential. Um, I've spent several months travelling through it myself. I've been several times. Uh, the past 10 years, I've actually worked for specialist South American touring companies, and I just see so many Australians go several times in their lifetime to Europe, but none of them sort of make the journey across the Pacific to South America. And I don't know if it's just like the, what, is it too dangerous, is it too far, or what it is, but, you know, as a country or as a continent, it offers some amazing culture, history, you know, you've got biggest rainforest in the world, you've got the biggest mountains in the world, you've got spectacular beaches, you've got great food, great cities, um, so it equally rivals any of the other international destinations. Ben, you did mention danger a couple of moments by that, because maybe that is one of the things that stops people or puts it down the list. So can you maybe dispel a few myths in terms of how dangerous the continent is or is not? Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, sure. So, yeah, a lot of it, unfortunately, is the perception that people have that. And look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It can be dangerous in parts, but if you're travelling to cities like Buenos Aires or if you're travelling to Lima or Cusco even, um, there's so, like, particularly Cusco, there's a lot of tourists that go there. But as a tourist going to areas of Buenos Aires and Lima, like, they have their really nice areas and suburbs, like your Meriwether's equivalent in um, in those cities. And as a tourist spending three or four nights maximum in those places, you're probably just going to see those, you're going to see the highlights. And if you do have a local guide with you, then they're also going to make sure that you're not going to get into trouble. So, um yeah, a lot of people have that idea that it's cartels and, you know, kidnappings and things like that. Kidnappings were a thing of the eighties and cartels, if you're gonna go if you're gonna go to South America and hang out with cartels, then yeah, you're gonna get trouble. But most people traveling in South America, I'd say ninety nine point nine percent will not do that. Might move on to um, you know, sustainable tourism and uh, just what are the advantages and what should one do? Yes, yeah, well so I think COVID has sort of really drawn the spotlight on tourism and how important tourism is to the world. But actually, tourism it makes up over 10% of the world's GDP, so that's it's, it's huge how much it contributes. And if you look at countries like the South American countries, uh, you know, like there's a lot of countries that rely heavily, particularly places like Peru and Ecuador. And um, so by travelling to those countries and you know, making sure that your dollar goes back into locals' pockets 
over theirs, and that's really helping them. It's helping their countries. It's helping their economies. It's creating jobs. I believe that tourism could be like the greatest wealth distribution tool in the world. So by traveling to those countries, you're, you're sharing your wealth. So how, how do you make sure that your dollar is going back into the local guy's pocket, you know, and not into, uh, say, a big multinational? Well, when you're researching and planning a holiday, and this doesn't just go for South America, it can go for anywhere in the world, but um, it's particularly more your, your developing destinations. And I like to say places where, you know, if you go and look at all the wonders of the world, like whether it be your natural or your, or your historical wonders of the world, um, if you want to go and see the, the pyramids in Egypt or if you want to go and see the Great Migration in Kenya and Tanzania or if you want to go and see, you know, Halong Bay, you know, like UNESCO heritage listed cities or the Taj Mahal or um, Petra in Jordan, um, all of those countries I've just rattled off, Machu Picchu in Peru, like they're um, developing countries and they've got big tourism draw cards that would pull you into those countries. By traveling to those countries, if you're making sure that the money that you're spending on the hotels or if it's, you know, if it's a tourism provider or a tour company, whether or not the money is actually filtering through to the locals with transport and, you know, tour guides and things like that, then that's um, probably the best starting point where you can make sure that you're actually making a positive impact. Talking travellers on the way, Barry is here and special guest Ben today, looking at the South American continent, Barry, and uh, Ben as well, of course, the, the, the whole rainforest thing, very much a vibe there. That's right, and the Amazon being so big, a lot of people uh, entrance it through, obviously, Brazil, but a lot go through Ecuador, and um, Ben, can you sort of explain the, the differences between stopping in the Amazon basin and, say, stopping a little bit further into the, actually on on the Amazon. Yeah, sure. Um, so the Amazon, it actually, you know, if you look at the size of the area mass that it covers of South America, it's almost 50% of the continent, so it's huge. And it does sort of starts like the majority of it is in Brazil, but then it also reaches into countries like Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Colombia. So you can visit the Amazon in all of those countries. And, um, you know, when people think of the Amazon, they, they tend to often think Brazil. Actually, as a matter of fact, most people actually go and visit the Amazon from Peru or from Ecuador. And the reason being is infrastructure. And if you, you know, look for all the, the wrong reasons, Brazil's always in the, the headlines for, um, you know, the destruction. The, the destruction of the rainforest over there. But you've got countries like Peru and Ecuador, which see the value and, and the tourism dollars that it brings into their countries. And... The, the value that it creates, but the Amazon River actually starts uh, up in the Andes in northern Peru, and it flows down into Brazil. And so that's what we, we commonly refer to as the Amazon rainforest, but you can go to the Amazon Basin, which is further south in Peru, which is closer to your, your tourism hotspots like Machu Picchu. Uh, and you can also do it from the Ecuadorian side as well, which um, the Ecuadorian side is actually probably one of the best sides to see the Amazon from. It's, um, it's one of the biggest biodiverse regions in the entire planet. So there's like statistics that you can rattle off, like, like one acre of rainforest there may be home to 70,000 species of, of different 
insects and animals and wildlife. So just the that and the importance and how important the Amazon is to the world and with global warming and, and all the rest at the moment. Um, and if you travel to these destinations and visit rainforest areas like that, then it's sort of the locals will see the value and then they do set up a tourism economy to protect it because it's just as valuable and creates just as many jobs and as much wealth as logging and forestry and, and, and setting up cattle farms on that land. Ben, I know we could probably talk all day on the continent because there's so much there, but what would some of the best places that you've been, your favourites? Great question. I always get asked this. Um, it's hard to put finger on exactly one spot, but everyone always sort of goes for Machu Picchu and Peru for their first stop to South America. Um, I have been lucky enough to travel through, you know, several countries through South America, and probably one of my favourites that people often overlook is uh, is Ecuador. And Ecuador has got, you know, turned to the Galapagos, and going to that region of the world is absolutely mind blowing. And I put it up there higher, if not higher, but better than traveling to places like Africa and doing a safari or going to Antarctica on an expedition vessel. But um, that is mind-blowing. And then people also overlook the, the mainland where you have to fly to the Galapagos from, from Ecuador. So Quito is, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the second capitals for the Incan Empire. And if you're thinking back to, like, talking Europe and Roman Empire, like the Incan Empire was equally as big and had a big road network throughout South America and was one of the biggest empires post the Romans as well and so that's a really important city. You've got stunning national parks and volcanoes and you've got, you know, it's on the equator and you've got volcanoes reaching up to 6,000 metres above sea level and they've got glaciers year-round on top of them and you've got the Amazon there, you've got hot springs uh, you've got beautiful beaches down on the coastline, but it's such a little country and it packs great punch. Sort of you see people make when they're trying to plan a trip to South America is to try and cover the entire continent in three or four weeks and you'll just exhaust yourself and, and burn yourself out. But you can focus on one area like Peru and Ecuador or you know, Brazil and Argentina or countries like that and do a couple of trips. It's it's and, and overall, it will be cheaper than travelling to Europe. Um, by the time you take in spending money and, and hotels and accommodation and flights, and it's got just as much to offer. All right, Ben, thanks so much for your time. We'll leave it with you. Thanks for uh, bringing to us and to our attention South America today. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, gentlemen. All right, and if you'd like to learn more, of course, your local travel agent, always a good place to start. Of course, Sally Lucas on a bit of a break today. So Barry Warwick has been scouring for the hottest deals. Barry, there are literal flames coming off those pages right there, now. There, there certainly are. <laughs> Look, I just thought the Kimberley is a great place to visit, and I know that one of the cruise operators has got uh, still the odd cabin here and there in June, July, August and October. So, you know, it's not too late if you've always wanted to do that. Also, so um, st- sticking home or sticking close to home, uh, there's an Aussie motor home sale on. You get uh, 20% off and no one-way fee. Now, this is collecting the vehicles in Darwin or Alice Springs and then bringing them back home. So, um, you know, something well worth 
doing, and that's uh, offer ends on 30th of June. Um, also, something for those people that uh, want to see beautiful scenic Scotland in a vessel that only takes 50 passengers. So it's fairly uh, fairly exclusive. It's got 37 crew. Um, the 15th of July to the 3rd of August, it does... Uh, Scotland and Ireland. That's nearly a crew person for every passenger, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> and the saving uh, is just under 5000 per couple. So it's well worth uh, looking at. And then Star Clippers, up to 30% off on their 2024 Mediterranean cruises. So um, there's a lot of different looking um, cruises there that one might want to undertake. So, And again, Barry, for those who uh, thought, oh, nearly all of the years booked out, like you said, a couple of things a little closer to home that you might be able to ju- just tag in on the end of. So that's cool. Yeah, that's right. If you've, lo- if you've left your run too late for Europe, the Kimberley beckons. All right, that's it for Talking Travel today. Barry Warwick, thank you so much uh, for coming in. Of course, you're here subbing for sailing for the next couple of weeks as well. That's right, yeah, while she's enjoying herself overseas. The hard work has to be done and looks like uh, we're the ones happy to do it, Barry. (laughs) We'll catch you next time. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.